0: Matthew 6, 5 says, And when you pray, you shall not be as the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the corners of the synagogues and in the corners of the street, that they may be seen of men. Verily, I say unto you, they have received their reward. Their reward is being seen of men. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thine inner chamber, and having shut thy door, pray to thy Father who is in secret, and thy Father who seeth in secret shall. Recompense thee or reward thee openly. And in praying use not vain reputations as the Gentiles do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask Him. After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so on earth. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive have forgiven also our debtors. And bring us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one or from evil. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So, in Matthew... You know, He instructed them to pray, Thy will be done, Thy kingdom come. The Lord, and I've shared this with you before, but the Lord made this real to me. In my heart, a lot of times we have a situation and we like to say, Lord, Your will be done. His will may have nothing to do whatsoever with Your situation. So we take our situations and we try to put them in God's will. And so you say, well, what is God's will? You know, if Jesus is instructing you to pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, as in heaven, so on earth, do you think it might be important for us to understand what God's will is? If He instructed His disciples to pray this way, would it be important then to understand the will of God? Would it be important to understand the kingdom of God? Would that be important to us? Sure it would. So in Ephesians 1, if you turn into Ephesians 1, he the writer of Ephesians verse 1, verse chapter 1, verse 3 it says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who have blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, or in the heavenlies. Even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. This this is a good idea of this is what God's will is. He chose us in Him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blemish before Him in love. Having foreordained, so He foreordained us unto adoption as sons through Jesus Christ unto Himself, according to the good pleasure of what? His will. So here you find his will to the praise and the glory of his grace which he freely bestowed on us in the blood. Now this word adoption, we read adoption, and it's you know, I looked up the meanings of the words. Some people may not think that's important. I think they are. The Lord has shown me a lot of things by looking up the meaning of the words, but this this word adoption is really uh Means, it's a Greek word, the number, the strongest number is 5206, it means the placing of a son. Doesn't mean like we think adoption, natural adoption. If you read the book of Romans, it tells you adoption was for the Jews, who a lot of people, you know, who in the natural were God's chosen people. And he speaks of the adoption as a relationship to the Jew. It's the placement or the coming to a son to maturity. So so it was God's will before the world that you would be chosen in Christ. It was foreordained that a people would be in Christ. And they would come to maturity. That was his will. That was his purpose. That's what he planned. That's what He planned, I believe, before He ever made man. That was in His heart. That was the Word that was with God and was God and came out of God and was made flesh and dwelt among us to bring forth the plan, the purpose, the will of God in the earth, that it would be done. Because until He come, God's will had not been fulfilled. So... So the plan, the purpose was to bring forth God's will into the earth. Glory to God. And God's will came in the person of Jesus Christ, the Lord. That's where his will came. So thy will be done. And so if we come into alignment with God's will, we come into understanding. I, 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 all I know... I get tongue-tied sometimes, so forgive me. All I know how to do is explain to you or try to explain what's real in me. And I don't mean this arrogant. It's just the Lord has dealt with me in the last few weeks not to say you don't know. I used to say, I don't know. And God said, yes, you do. By my Spirit. And He dealt with me. quit saying it. Because I do know, He's worked the work in my heart by His Spirit. He's worked the work in my heart of peace, of, of uh, joy, a reality. And, and, I, and how He did it was through this revelation of Christ. And I, and I see people hunger for it. I do, I see it. I, you know, the Lord allowed me the other night, I, we were at a concert, and I was looking at a young man. Now, I don't know if I should have went to the young man or not. I don't, the Lord never prompted me to, but I, the young man reminded me of me when I was young because I could discern in him that he really had a heart toward God. He was really reaching out to God. And a lot of times we're really reaching out to God, but we're not reaching out toward His purpose. And what the Lord did in my heart years ago is He changed my heart toward His purpose. didn't happen overnight. I I can't even tell you the day it happened, but it happened. Because I'd get up and I'd seek the Lord and I usually was seeking the Lord according to something of myself. I was praying about myself. I was praying about things of myself. Most of my prayer life dealt with me. And God moved in my heart and He brought it toward His purpose. And His purpose was in Christ before the world. Was to bring a people into Christ, into the knowledge and understanding that their reality would be living in Christ here in the earth. That was His plan. In fact, Paul goes on to say, "...in whom we have redemption," verse 7, "...through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace, wherein He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will." Having made known. Not going to make. Having made known. Do you understand His will? It was a mystery. His will was a mystery. He says the mystery of His will... But here Paul said he's made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed whereat in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ both which are in heaven and which are on earth even in Him, in whom also we have obtained, we have obtained an inheritance, we have obtained, being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who work of all things, after the counsel of His own will, that we should be to the praise of, the, of His glory." So here Ephesians chapter 1 is about God's will. Paul's talking about His will. Paul's declaring God's will. And Paul is saying we're in His will. Because His will was to gather all things up into one, into the Lord Jesus Christ. That was His will. So at the cross, all things were gathered up into Him. How many know Jesus said at the cross, if I be lifted up, what he's saying? Amen. I will draw all man, men, mankind, to me. Like we quote, we quote the scripture, no man can come to God except the Spirit, unless he be drawn. I mean, I'm going to tell you, he drew all men. Every man can come to God because Jesus drew every man to himself, past and future. He already drew it. So, you know, so in the book of Revelation, the Spirit and the bride are saying, come. See, we like to quote that. No man come to God unless he draws him. Well, I have news for you. Jesus did that at Calvary. He drew man to himself. Yes. He drew him. And he gave him the ability that whosoever calleth on the name of the Lord shall. Be saved. Not might be, shall be, that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. See, the heart's the key. See, the whole key here is the heart. When you get into that, because a lot of people have this doctrine out here where you say this prayer and you're saved. It's a doctrine. Get mad at me for saying that if you want, but it's a doctrine. He said, if you believe in your heart, if you receive it. See, believing, and this is where i was going in my lessons of today, and we're probably getting into some of it, but but it's a heart issue. It's receiving the Word in our heart. That's that's the issue we have even after we get saved, is continuing in His Word. It's a heart issue. It's a whole lot easier, and and I experience it in my own life. I'm just talking to you real I'd be sitting around the house and talking to Anita and the kids and watching TV and, and there's this urgency in my back of my mind to get in the Word. Maybe you've never been there, but I have. I need to get a, still away and get along with Jesus. But I like that show. Okay? That's real. That happened. And it's easy to do. And I ain't calling it sin, or I'm not calling it anything like that, but, but to come to His Word that He can instruct us, we have to sometimes move away from everything else. From husbands, wives, sons, daughters, friends, shows. You all probably have favorite shows, and I'm all right with that. I got favorite shows. so I'm not against you having favorite shows. not against TVs. I watch TV. But if I don't take some time to get along with the Lord, I'm not going to know what his, I'm, not, I'm not going to know His will. I'm, I'm going to be like a lot of Christians and not know his will. And pray in a way that there's that they that we pray. We can pray in a way that he, you, you know, without understanding, or we can pray with understanding. The Spirit can give us understanding, so we can know it was God's will to be in Christ. We can know that Jesus has destroyed him that had the power of the devil. The devil doesn't have to chase you around the house every day, because he destroyed him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Do you believe that? Amen. Is that real in your life? Or does the devil still get around you and chase you around your house? See, these things got to get real. Because a lot of the church walks around talking about the devil chasing them around the house. I don't know why I'm on this, but I am, so be it. So, because the devil, the devil's real. Okay, I'm not telling you there's not a devil. But I'm telling you that Christ said, I have all power and authority in heaven and in earth. Amen. So the power and authority of devil is gone. Amen. If you're in Christ. Amen. It's gone. Oh, God. He doesn't have authority in your life. He doesn't have your life. He doesn't have you. Your life, Paul wrote, is Christ. So in your life is all power and all authority. That's what's in you. If Christ is in you, all power and all authority is in you. Because He has all power and all authority and of His fullness we have received and grace for grace. Now, Now that's either being worked into your heart or it's not. You see, that's got to be worked into us. That Amen. this is real in me. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. So, here comes Jesus on the scene. The devil deals with Jesus. The devil didn't get anywhere with it. One place Jesus said he'd come and he could find nothing in him. So Satan can find nothing to find fellowship with Jesus. So the king that lives in us, the enemy, can find no fellowship. So darkness has to go. Because we're in light. See, he says, Paul writes from one place, "Say you were darkness, now are you light. Not just Him being light. See, see, I can say Jesus is light, and everybody says, yeah, man. But I telling you, you are light. Amen. Glory to God, you are light. Because yeah. as He is, so are you. Why am I as He is? Because his seed, his word, got in me. Amen. Amen. So when I was born again, God's seed. So, so what's in the seed? I've I've said this many times, and maybe I'll get my lesson this morning. Maybe I won't. We'll see. What's in the seed? How much of an apple's in the seed of the apple, darling? The whole thing, right? So when God's seed comes into you, guess what? You don't get a little bit of Jesus. You got the whole thing.. You got the whole package. Well what do I have to do? I have to learn him. See, see now get a little bit of my lesson. Continue in my word. Jump over there in the book of John. Where Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then... That's John 8, 31. John 8, 31. John 8, 31. John 8, 31. He says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on Him, If you continue in My Word, then are you My disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. They answered Him, we be Abraham's seed, and we were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of brother, brother say to you, whosoever commiteth sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever. But the Son abideth forever. If therefore the Son therefore make you free, You shall be free indeed. Anyway, I could go on down through here, but I'm going to stop here. You can read the rest of the scriptures I have. So, this word continue means to abide, stay. If I stay in his word, then I'm his disciple. How how do I become a disciple of Jesus? Does it mean I go through a discipleship class? No. If I continue in His Word, then you are His disciple because He's going to teach you His Word. That's what's going to happen. And He says, and you shall know the truth. Here's what's going to happen if you continue in your word. You're going to be his disciple. That's why I said you're my disciple. pupil, a learner. that's what disciple means a learner. that is pupil. I'm coming to school and he's my teacher. Jesus, you're my teacher. Glory to God. you're the great teacher. I don't know nothing. I don't even know what truth is, Lord. And I'm coming to you because I don't know. But you told me if I would continue in your word, you would, I would be your disciple, your disciple, and I'm going to know the truth. I don't think what the truth is. I'm going to know it. And that word know is, I've said this before, maybe not in the scripture, but it's the same word where Mary said she had known a man. So that's a very intimate relationship is what that word's dealing with. You're going to intimately know the truth. Amen. And how are you going to do it? If you continue in his word. Because he's going to, he says, come unto me all you labor and heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you and do what? Learn. What do we not like to do sometimes? Learn. learn. Andrew said it. I know Andrew. He's been my son for 20-some years, so I know him. So he hit the nail on the head. It's easy to sit back and say, well, preacher, learn it for me. The problem is the preacher can't learn it for you. Preacher can share with you. Preacher can share with you even what God has made real to him. Preacher can help you. But you have to apply your own heart. And that's what knowing Christ is, is the issue of heart. It's like like the word relationship. We say we have a relationship. How do we have a relationship with Jesus? We know his word. We know His Word and He becomes real. He that this Word is written of becomes real in our heart. That's what relationship does. The Word declares Him, but then He that the Word, the written Word declares, becomes alive as the Word declares. So the Word speaks of Him. That's what Jesus told the Jews. You search the Scripture for in them you think you have life. In other words, they were coming to Jesus, and you can read your Bible and you can see this. They were coming to Jesus and they'd say, Hey Jesus, you know you're not supposed to eat the corn on the Sabbath day. What are you doing? You know Jesus is the Sabbath day. You're not supposed to work on the Sabbath day. You're not supposed to heal the man on the Sabbath day. It's the Sabbath day. So they would come with the law, but they had no relationship with God. If the Jews had had a relationship and they'd been walking in ordinance of the law, they wouldn't have been under Roman captivity. A lot of Christians don't get this. The Jews were not just going along with the Word of God when Jesus came on the scene. They were not in alignment with God's Word. Because God had told them in Deuteronomy if they stayed in alignment with His Word, He was going to bless them over and abundantly blessed them. And He told them, if you do not stay in alignment with My Word, all of this is going to come upon you. Amen. Now that's in the book of Deuteronomy. You can go check it out. He told this to the Israeli nation. And if you go search a Word, when Jesus come on the scene, He's the Lion of the tribe of Judah. So He lands right in Judah because He comes right out of Judah. He says, natural ancestry is from Judah and from heaven. God is His Father. And Mary was His mother. So here He come in Judah. And so He's dealing with the Jews. Which is short for Judah. Judah. Alright. So He's dealing with Jews, short for Judah. And... He's telling them, if you continue my word, you'll know the truth. They say, hey, we already know the truth. Abraham's our father. we got the Word of God here. Get a hold of what they're saying to Him. Abraham's our father, Jesus. Don't you know who our father is? It's Abraham. We are the seed of Abraham. We're the seed of the promise. We're God's promised once." And Jesus says, Hey, you come to My Word. Because His Word that He was declaring was the Word of God. The New Covenant Word. He was the prophet that Moses declared. Deuteronomy. Go to Deuteronomy. I'm still teaching on out of his mouth goes a sharp two-edged sword, by the way. So, Deuteronomy 18, verse 19, or verse 15 through 19, but I'm just going to read 15. says, Jehovah thy God, or the Lord thy God, will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me, unto him shall you hearken. And down in verse 19, I believe it says, they that won't hearken or hear that prophet, it's going to be required of them. Now when this word was written, it was written to the people of covenant, which were the Jews. They were in covenant. Israel. The whole nation. They were in covenant with God in the book of Deuteronomy when when this Word was declared. It was being declared to the people of covenant. So when Jesus up upon the earth, He comes to His own, to the people of His covenant. And His own, John writes, wouldn't receive Him? Not. But those that received Him gave He power... Authority to become sons of God. So, so he come to his own. He come to Judah. That is his own. And his own did not receive him. But those that did, Peter, Paul, I, I shared this with somebody not too long ago. I said, weren't the apostles Jews? Somebody was telling me the Jews are going to get saved. And I said, well, weren't the apostles Jews? Seemed like a bunch of them already got saved. They started the Gospel. All the apostles were Jews according to the flesh. Could could they be the remnant seed that Isaiah talked about when, when God was going to have a remnant out of Israel? I think they could have been. But that remnant was that seed, all of it speaking of a new seed, a new man, a new kind that had never been before. And that new seed it was Christ himself. So he come unto his own, and his own received him not. And so it was required that they hear this prophet. See, they wanted to take that prophet back to the law and put him under Mosaic law and he and he under the law was perfect. Bible said he knew he that knew no sin. So according to the law he was perfect, but he was bringing in a word that could save you. See, the word of the law could not save you. You could do all 10 commandments and not be saved. You know that? You could come to the washings, you could come to the cleansings, you could do all these things and still not be saved. But you're doing the Ten Commandments. Why are you not saved if you're doing the Ten Commandments? Because His life ain't in you. And that's why He said, You would not come to Me that you might have life. Because the law was declaring Him. The commandments were speaking of Him. Moses was declaring Him. In fact, Moses declared Him in, in every in every aspect. When Moses, when God come down and led the children of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land, that was the declaration of Christ. That was what Christ was going to do. He was going to lead us out of Adam and into the land of promise, into where we've obtained an inheritance, we just read it in Ephesians 1, that we've already obtained an inheritance. So, so our inheritance is in Christ. Our inheritance is what He's done. It's His fullness. Glory to God. So here we, here we come face to face with Deuteronomy. Jehovah's going to raise up a prophet and you must hear Him And this word hearken to him, this word hearken means to hear intelligently with implication of attention and obedience. So they were to understand this prophet. It was required for them to get it. You know, we like to say the word get it. So here's Jesus on the scene. And he begins to declare his word. How many times in the book of John does it say, whosoever believeth on me? Many times, right? So he declares it in the earth. And then he seals it with his blood. So he cuts the covenant. When God cut a covenant in the Old Testament, it was cut with blood. It was cut with the blood of animals. So the animals were cut and their blood was leaked out because it was sealed with the life of the animal in the Old Covenant. The life was in the blood. Whoever's read that in the Bible, that says the life was in the blood. So when God would have them cut the animals, He was speaking of the life running out because that blood was the life. The life is in the blood. So when Jesus' blood was shed, His life ran out. He cut the covenant in His own blood. And when He raised from the dead, He executes His own will. See, when we go, if if we inherit something in the natural, we go to an attorney. And the attorney says, Sister Shirley, your brother had ten million dollars and he left you all of it. (laughs) You inherit. But your brother doesn't get up and execute the will. Right? The attorney does Jesus is the executor of his own will. So what he says, he also does. Get a hold of that. So he comes in the volume of the book that's written of him, and he begins to declare things like, at that day you shall know I'm in the Father, you're in me, and I'm in you. We've preached this here for years. He makes that real. He does it Himself. After He died. Because He raised from the dead, overcome death, hell, and the grave. And the beauty is when you receive Him, everything He did, He gave to you. So everything He did on the cross, He gave it to you. So... Not only did He overcome death, hell, and the grace, so have you. You have too. And that's why He said, He that believeth on me shall not die, believeth thou this. Do you believe that? You're not going to die? Do you? I'm asking you a question. you believe you're not going to die? Place it. So when you when your body passes on, you don't die. Brother House, I think I'm Brother in House, he said something like this. He said, One minute preacher tell me Mama went home or grandma went home to be with Jesus And then we went roll, roll over to the cemetery and they said, Well someday right morning she's gonna get up. He said, Well which one is it? Is it Grandma gone home with Jesus or is she going to get up some glad morning. The glad morning was when Jesus came and began to declare, that was the glad morning. When he rose from the dead, a new day had dawned upon the earth. It was a day and lost like any other day because now his words were in force. His words. So when he rose from the dead, his words. Went in the and the words spoken before were a testimony of his words. You, you realize he said, now is the time, and he was walking up on the face of the earth, he said, now is the time when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God. He said now 2,000 years ago because his words were going into the earth. And he said, now is the time when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear, those that hear and understand, those that hear and receive shall come to life. And that was that's direct back to Ezekiel in the valley of dry bones. Because here in the valley of dry bones is Ezekiel 37. God brings Ezekiel out there and He shows him a valley of dead bones, dry bones. And God says to Ezekiel, Hey, Ezekiel, can't these bones live?" What does Ezekiel say to him? Thou knowest. And He says to him, Prophesy unto these bones. He begins to speak to them the Word of God as God had given him the Word. The Word of God. And he and those bones roll, rose up. And he said, "This hey, this is the whole house of Israel. These that are raised up in the resurrection. resurrection. That's the house of Israel. See, you're, in a, you're the word of God is alive. Who's ever read the Hebrews four? The word of God is quick and powerful." sharper than any two-edged sword. Do you know what that word quick means in the King James? Oh. Alive. Living. It's a living Word. It's filled with life. Divide, divides. Pierces to the dividing of soul and spirit. So this Word is alive. Goes into the joint and marrow. So on and so forth. So we have a living Word. His Word was like a two-edged sword coming out of His mouth. Out of His mouth was a two-edged sword, which is the living Word of God. That's what's coming out of His mouth. And that Word is alive. That's what Jesus says in John 6. Flip over to John 6. 6. 653. John 6:53 He says here and said Jesus I knew him verily verily saying to you except you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood you have no life in you Lord, I don't believe he's talking about having crackers and grape juice here. He's talking about eating his word of the Spirit, drinking his blood. Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me shall do what? Live how? He shall live by me. Not by his flesh, but by him. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live how long? Forever. Forever. These things said He in the synagogue as He taught in Capernaum. Many therefore the disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Who can understand what He's talking about? Who can hear it? Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in Himself that His disciples murmured at it, He said unto them, Doth this offend you? What if you see the Son of Man ascend up where He was before? What if you see Him ascend? It is the Spirit that quickeneth. That word quicken, remember what that word quicken means. It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit. And they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. So, so he says the words are spirit and life. So how do I eat the Word? I understand it by the Spirit in my heart. I receive it into my heart. How do I understand it? I come to Him for understanding Till He teaches me. I don't understand it till He teaches me. When He teaches me, I receive it. I eat it. I take it unto myself. I I bring it into myself. And when somebody else comes to me and says, Oh, that ain't what that means. I go, He taught me. I don't care what you say. I love you, but I don't care because He taught me. And I plant my feet down in it and I say, I'm standing right here, Lord, on Your Word. So you teach your own Word. And when I get caught of God, somebody can't steal it from me. I remember when the Lord began to deal with me years ago in the seed. I'm about to wind up here today, here in a moment. But years ago, He began to deal with me with the word Seed. I wrote two papers way back then on the seed. Seed according to its own kind. I saw something in Genesis. I went back through Genesis and I saw something there. God said He made man in His image and likeness, but He never said He made him in His kind. But the animals He made after His own kind, they all came after their kind. So I researched that because I just kind of Come before me one day. What's the big deal, you might say? What's the big deal? It's a big deal in that word kind because that's dealing with the genome. The seed. See, the genes. So, maybe Adam is missing the genes of God. Something to question the Lord. He was created for the genes of God. See, when you're born in the natural, you're born with your daddy and mommy's genes. So you look like daddy and mommy. You have the genes. So, and as you grow older... You can look more and more like one or the other or even an older family member. I look at Andrew and, I, and he looks like some of the Richardsons, my mother's family. I'm looking at him now as he's growing older. I'm sure he looks like some of Anita's family, but he's got genes. He looks like hers, she said. Because he has genes. But see, what God did to us is He re us, regenerated us. He gave us His genes. That's what the new birth is. It's God's seed coming into you. It ain't man's seed again. It ain't you learning to be better just by your own self. You do get better because He put His genes in you. Glory to God. That's what the new birth is. And that's why you have to be born again to enter into the kingdom of God because if you don't have God's genes, you're not part of his. That's what Apostle Paul says if men have not the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to him. See there's an idea up on the earth that well, God saved every man at the cross. He made provision for every man. He did. He drew all mankind. I said earlier today, He drew every man to himself. But you must be born anew to enter the kingdom of God. That's the answer. How did I get in here? What what was the rich young ruler? One of them come to Jesus and said, Jesus, I've done all these good things. Jesus didn't say, well, bless God, you're part of the kingdom, son. He said, you lack one thing. Sell all you have. In other words, come to me. Sell all you have. Sell all your good works. And come to me. For I am the way, the truth, and the life." See, your good works won't get it done. You have to sell all you have. And go to him. And he regimes you. Have you been regenerated? And see, it's so exciting because what's going on in you is Christ is being formed. How many, how many of Apostle Paul wrote, till Christ be formed in you? you ever read that? Till Christ be formed in you. He says, I prevail in mirth again. In other words, I already prevailed over you once. And then they got... Mixed up there in Galatians with the law. They went back to the law Moses and they tried to become perfect with God through the law. He said, You that began in the Spirit are you now made perfect out by the law. He says, I travail, my, my travail, my work for you is to till Christ be formed whereat. at in you. You reckon that would be a coming of the Lord if he got formed in you? Amen. We well, reckon he would have come to you then if he's formed in you. I would think so. That would be an intimate, personal coming of the Lord. Very personal. Because the very Christ of God, substance. My heart, work formed in your heart and mine, and that's salvation. And then what begins to come out of you comes out of that. That's salvation. That is what you call fool salvation. His mind and you. His mind's good. His mind ain't messed up. Doesn't have any errors. Doesn't have any mixture. Isn't carnal. And Pastor Paul writes to you and says, you have the mind of Christ. You have it. Not you're going to get it. Amen. See, all this is, in, is your inheritance. Amen. It's what He died and was buried and raised from the dead to give you. is the fullness of Himself. It's what it is. gave you Himself. So now, how I I walk in what He gave me, I have to walk in it. I have to allow the Holy Spirit to show me on the inside, show my mind, show my heart, cause my eyes of understanding to be enlightened in the knowledge of Him. Allow it to happen. You, You say, well, Brother Wayne, I need a word today for the coronavirus. This is the word for the coronavirus. is Christ in you. Because when you know Him as your life, your fear won't be the coronavirus. I ain't telling you not to have wisdom. We're, We're done. I'm going to turn the recording off and just talk.